Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the King! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. We've got a really busy episode lined up for you today with the latest from The Crown, uh, an outing for Prince Charles, and the latest, of course, from the I'm a Celebrity Jungle. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined, as always, by our royal editor, Russell Myers. Hi, Russell, how are you? I'm very well, very well. Nice to see you. We were supposed to be reunited in the office yesterday, but the gods were against us. We were going to have a live, but we are we are together in spirit. Yes. So this is just a bit of an apology to anyone listening. If our sound isn't quite up to scratch, we've had to go kind of pandemic throwback style (laughs) because of London is on strike and there are absolutely no trains anywhere so neither of us have been able to get into the studio but fingers crossed it's not too bad now we've got an awful lot to get through today and there's actually been a lot in the kind of 24 hours since I originally wrote the script but we're going to start off with some breaking news that we actually had uh from an engagement that Charles was at King Charles was at uh in yes yesterday yeah yesterday I mean, oh. this. I mean, this is pretty bad. Um, I'm sure everybody would have seen this now, but uh, the king and the queen consort are narrowly avoiding being struck by four eggs hurled by a protester yelling, "This country was built on the blood." Of slaves, so you know, pretty big drama in York. They're in um, the fine city of York to unveil a, a new statue at York Minster of the Queen that was commissioned as part of her jubilee year. Um, and then you know there was a, a little walkabout happening. They were there for a few minutes. It was big, big crowds at York. Beautiful day, beautiful place. And then some, you know, something happened. There was a bit of a disturbance in the crowd. And then suddenly you you see some eggs sort of being lobbed in the direction of Charles and Camilla. Fair play to Charles. I mean, he didn't even flinch an inch um, when they were sort of whizzing past him. I mean, the, the guy was such an awful aim that he, 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 he didn't really... I, mean, well, I suppose he did get a little bit... He got quite close to Charles. I mean, it would have been pretty disastrous because you think... We've said before that I think there is uh, this uh, groundswell of um, uh, goodwill towards uh, Charles and Camilla. I think people want them to do well. They want them to, to you know, to, to to hit the ground running. And they've, I think they've, they've done all right so far, haven't they? I think maybe we would have hoped for a few more visits. But uh, as I understand it, there are is an awful lot in the pipeline. You know, there's as someone said to me last week, you know, there isn't <laughs> there isn't a manual for when the Queen dies. So it's they're, they're kind of just sorting it out as they go along. So I think next year will be a good year. But back to York, um, 
the man starts chucking eggs, shouting his mouth off, bundled to the floor by plainclothes cops. Um, and yeah, I think that it is a bit of a security scare. Um, I've seen some criticism from uh, a couple of former police protection officers um, saying that the, 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 the reaction wasn't as quick as one would have hoped. Could that have been worse? I mean, on one hand, it's a man throwing eggs. What's the worst that can happen? There would have been egg all over Charles's face, to coin a phrase. Perhaps his nice suit would have got ruined. It could have hit Camilla. That would have been worse, one would argue. Um, and it would have it would have really soured the day because it, they would have been sort of scuttled off in a car and it, the pictures would have been all over the place. So in terms of damage limitation... Um, they've got off lightly. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't a very, very nice, um, nice incident to be involved in. That's yeah, it must not be nice. horrible. Yeah, it's a real kind of. It's one of those things that just it feels extremely personal. You know, like I don't know why, but it's, yeah. it's just a horrible thing, and it just feels very much like a, it is a very personal attack. And yeah, it just wasn't nice. But as you said, I thought that Charles handled it brilliantly. I've seen, I've watched those clips so many times now. And there's mm. one where you see the egg kind of, he sees the egg go in front of him. And we actually got a lip reader to kind of work out what he said. And his first words were, let's carry, you know, let's carry on. And he carries on speaking, you know, can't even imagine what must be going through his head at that moment. Because we knew it was an egg, but all he saw was something flying in front of him. Absolutely, it. Yes. yeah. He could have at that point thought it was a rock or something much worse and kind of carries on who he's speaking to. And then he just turns to security guard, goes, everything, everything all right. And the security guard goes, let's, yep, yep, he's being taken care of. And then they just carry on. And I think that level of professionalism was really incredible to see. Yeah, I think you're totally right. You're, talk, you're talking about a personal attack. And what I uh, noticed as well, there was a couple of other people in the crowd with placards saying, not my king. And... As I said just a moment ago, there is a groundswell of popularity for them, goodwill, but not obviously not everyone feels like that. And I think the Queen's passing has obviously uh, meant that we've entered a new era, but it, we, we will have to have a new conversation, I think, at certain times. I'm sure the royal family are definitely having those conversations because uh, Charles has always spoken of slimmed down monarchy, less working royals, um, very conscious of the cost of living crisis. Uh, and what does a hereditary monarchy mean in a modern world? Well, that that there is the sort of proof in the pudding that some people are a bit ambivalent towards it. And I, I do actually think we will see more of these kind of protests. You, you wouldn't have seen that with the Queen. It's very, very rare that you'd get a dissenting voice when William and Kate, I've certainly never been in the uk when they've had any um any issues i mean of course they were when we're in the caribbean but that's a different different ball game altogether but w will we see more people coming out to protest that the fact of what does the monarchy mean in the modern world perhaps we will but um you know fair play to, to charles i mean I, we won't give the protest the, the the oxygen of publicity but i thought it was quite interesting that um you know, some of our fine journalists uh, were, were found out quite a lot about him yesterday. That's this this 23-year-old man who goes to university in York. He's a climate change protester. Uh, he's been arrested new, um, multiple times. He'd uh, written on Twitter a series of rants against the royal family, a couple of posts about the fact that it was, it's only sad that the Queen wouldn't stand trial for her crimes against humanity uh, when she passed away, abolished the monarchy and so on. I mean, it, it's quite bizarre that this man is a climate change protester or campaigner, shall we say, and yet he's attacking 
Charles, who is a lifelong environmentalist and one of the world's most form, foremost thinkers in in that sphere. So, yes, um, a, a, an unfortunate event, but it didn't dampen the spirits. Lots of people turned up. Some, I think the, the reaction of the crowd was pretty much saying, you know, clear off to this to this guy and uh, and the, and the statue, which which is not a bad statue, to be honest. I thought it could have looked like the Ronaldo one, which would have been horrendous. Yeah. It was really, it was, for me, it was really strange seeing, you know, because like, you see all these statues of Queen Victoria and things like that, but that's obviously someone that I've never seen photos of yeah. or aren't familiar with. But seeing her in that kind, you know, seeing the Queen in that kind of, oh, what's the word I'm looking It's like, like a regal like, state, isn't it? It's bizarre to say it that. It was really it's, interesting. Yeah, yeah I thought it was It's great. certainly one of those, um, I, 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 you're totally right, I did think of Queen Victoria when you see it, especially the, the, the one in... Um, in Hyde Park, and yeah. then you look at you, know, so you think, gosh, well, these are sort of these statues will now be could, part of our history now, won't they? And they yeah. and and certainly are the next generation will look upon it as a, of that that was Queen Elizabeth II, and of course we have enjoyed you know seeing her in the flesh and being her being part of our, our tapestry of our history and our life, and um and again it comes back to very very bizarre times I still can't when you were just about when you were saying sort of Pog save the king at the start I was still <laughs> in my head still in my head I still can't get used to it but um but there we are I suppose I'll have to uh also just quickly before we move on one thing that I thought was really lovely was I saw in some of the videos the crowds after the kind of egg incident had happened there were loads of crowds who started che- they did three cheers didn't they for the king and I think a few people started singing the national anthem like it was really nice to see that support there for everyone else which hopefully made as we said must have been a really horrible thing for King Charles which hopefully gave him a bit of a you know an understanding and a reminder that all those people there were there to support him even if this one person was trying to ruin it now we're not going to talk about the crown properly on this week's show because we haven't you know we're going to do a bigger look at it next week once we've all had a chance to watch it I've watched two episodes so far how far are you in I've watched a lot oh all right, show off. <laughs> well, I mean, it, that tells you a lot of that. Uh, I don't have a very exciting social life, perhaps. But I've, I've, but I got. Um, I, I'd watched it on preview, so I'd, I'd managed to nail a lot of it. Um, I mean, I've, I've, it's quite interesting seeing the reviews because it's, it's really, really split. I mean, some people are loving it. Some people are saying it's abomination. Obviously, there's the big issues about. Um, the fact or fiction, the disclaimer that we've said. I mean, gosh, Netflix must be absolutely loving it because it's had so much press over the last few weeks. But, I mean, the, are we talking about it or are we not? We're going to have a quick quick run through. No, let's we'll have a quick. Let's have a, no, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what I say. I'll tell you what I say is Elizabeth Debecky is masterful in her portrayal of Princess Diana. Um, I, struggle, yeah. I struggle with a little bit with Dominic West because... He kind of is Dominic West, and he's a fantastic actor. I mean, I I liked it. Was it Josh O'Connor? Is it Josh O'Connor? Isn't it? And, uh, I thought he was fantastic. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's Josh O'Connor. I thought he was fantastic in his portrayal in the in previous series. Um, Dominic West doesn't really hit it for me. Um, what else did I like about it? I mean, it's. I can understand why people are upset. And of course, the royals will be some of those people because, you know, Prince Charles has not come off well, I think. I think he comes across as quite stern at times, um, quite mean-spirited. 
obviously the, the the tawdry business of the affairs comes out. You've got the Bashir um, stuff in that, which is a big, big issue for the for the royal family. You've seen Prince William stand on that platform and say, I mean, outside um, outside Kensington Palace, saying about how it should never be shown again. And of course, now we're seeing a dramatization of it, raking over old coals, so to speak. So. Um, yeah, I mean, let's catch up next week because I, I, I think, I think, you know, it, it's one of my favourite series. I think, I think it is. I, I completely agree with what you're saying from the cast. As I said, I'm only a couple in because uh, I'm obviously not as important as you when it comes to getting that link. I tried <laughs> to get a preview so I could be ready for today and didn't have any of it. But um, I thought I think this is probably my favourite casting since. Of you know, I think. The Queen is fantastic. I think Diana is fantastic. Apart from possibly Claire Foy, because I still think she was amazing as the kind of the early days Queen. I thought, I think this is fantastic from what I've seen so far. Anyway, now, but we will come back to this last week. We will come back to it. We will come back to it. So, carrying on the kind of TV themed, we managed to not scare Mark Jeffries off too much, our showbiz editor, and he's agreed to do another drop-in with us uh, on Mike Tyndall in the jungle. But just really quickly, I'm quite interested to get your opinion. One of the things we saw this time is we saw Mike Tyndall swear. How do you reckon that's going to go down? (laughs) I haven't watched a second of I'm a Celeb. I've just seen him rapping which I thought was pretty pretty embarrassing, to be honest. I won't lie. Well, he used a case that he used a word that Dan's told me I'm not allowed to use on the podcast. He used the uh, BS, but in its longer form. Right, right, right. Do you right, think right, about right. that? Will that be frowned upon? Or do you think well, that'd be he's okay? A, he's a rugby man. I mean, gosh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the Royals have said worse. I mean, uh, Prince Philip around the dinner table probably, uh, you get some blue, blue language... Um, <laughs> you know yeah. when he was around but um, no, I, haven't, I haven't seen much of it I think it's a good idea for Mike to go in I mean has he has he been speaking about the his relationship with the family not yet so far we've just had him talk about his relationship with Zara and how they first met and on that note I will pass you straight over to Mark for his insight into what it's been like hello Mark welcome back to the podcast how are you doing very good. Thanks. Yeah, lovely to be here. How has the first week been? First case, you don't look very sunburnt. Well done. Good, good sun creaming. <laughs> I've been working very hard. Yeah, no, it's been a good week. Um, very exciting. Uh, I think I think the lineup was pretty good already. And then obviously we since then we've had two more arrivals as well, which um has been sort of the talk of the town. But yeah, um specifically on Mike as well. I think I think he's had a good start um and been everything I sort of hoped he would be in there. So yeah, it's been really good. Definitely. And he had a great reaction when Matt, when Matt Hancock walked in. So we'll come back to that later. But let's kind of go back to the beginning. So we've seen him do his first trial. This was when Mike entered the camp. So the, what we saw him doing was diving kind of under a boat and he had to find codes to unlock locks. But the boat was obviously filled with quite a lot of... Um, Oh, God, what was it? There was a big spider on his head at one point and lots of other creepy crawlies. Yeah, that's right. It was called the Critter Cruise Challenge. He was doing that with uh, Sue and Owen. And they all did quite well. But Mike in particular, yeah, he seemed very, very calm through it all. He seemed to almost be enjoying it. Um, And yeah, he he definitely felt that spider on his head. And 
was quite nonchalant about it, I think, and, and, and very relaxed. And, and uh, yeah, just just it was a really good start by him, a really good start by all three of them. And yeah, he, he he's taken to it like a duck to water. He seems very relaxed. He seems he seems to enjoy these sorts of challenges, I think. And and yes, other people would have would have been screaming, definitely. But he, he just sort of uh, took it in his stride wasn't phased at all was it It was great to see but one of the things that I found interesting this week is one of the other challenges he was exempt from for medical reasons but we don't know why this is do we we don't get told no we never get told sometimes it's very frustrating particularly if people are wanting to vote someone to do a lot of trials and you sometimes find they're exempt from a few yeah, it can be to do with, I guess, vertigo or I noticed one the other day, I think was a was a water challenge and someone was was exempt. And I thought, I imagine they're perhaps not a very strong swimmer. And obviously then it would be particularly dangerous. So there can be various reasons. And I think various sort of doctor's notes, if you like, for, for getting out of them. So we never find out the full details. But yeah, hopefully he won't be exempt from too many. Now, he's had his first kind of made his first mention of the royal family. He shared details of his first date with Zara, didn't he? Uh, and talked about how they both like a drink. Yeah, it was um, it sounded like quite a lot of uh, normal sort of online dating and things like that. If it goes well, I, I thought, um, yeah, it was it was very down to earth. And he talked about them sort of arranging to meet up and then, and then going out and, and basically getting drunk together. Um, and it sounded like it, it, it went really well. It, 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 he came about in um, in Australia as well. It was in Sydney, I think. Um, and he, he only, it was all quite coincidental. That was what I sort of liked about it. He only ended up meeting her in the first place because he'd been dropped from the team and he sort of went out to drain his sorrows a little bit and then I think met her through friends and, and then they went on this sort of boozy date uh, a little bit later on. So it's all, it was all sort of written in the stars, I suppose, because had he been playing rugby, I, I don't suppose he'd have ever met her or certainly wouldn't have met her at that point. And, and they wouldn't be together now. So it, it was it was a good story. Yeah, especially I, I wasn't aware of any of it before. And I suppose a lot of viewers uh, wouldn't have known about it. So, yeah, it was a nice story. Now, bless Owen, who is a Hollyoaks actor. So Hollyoaks is a, a big UK soap over here who had, oh, bless him. He got a bit confused about the royal family, didn't he? And thought that Zara was Australian at one point. What happened with that conversation? <laughs> Yeah, poor, poor Owen. I mean, he's coming across quite well, but he is um, he is quite easily confused on, on a great number of things. Um, he's been he's sort of been tricked by some of the others into who they are and what they're famous for. And in this case, yeah, he, he asked if Zara was Australian and sort of had to be put right. I don't think he really realised who sort of Mike's other half is. Um, so that caused some, caused some amusement. And I think even some of the other... Um, other contestants found it amusing. Baba Tunde was in the conversation as well. I think he had a bit of a smile about it as well. Um, Mike didn't seem, you know, too bothered. He, he, I guess the wrong person, if that was sort of said, said to he might say, do you not know who she is kind of thing? But that's not really his style, I don't think. And, and yeah, he took it in his stride. But yeah, bless Owen. It, it's not the first mistake. And I don't think it would be the sort of last slip up he's going to make in there. I think he's going to do quite well. He would be who my money is on if I was to put a bet on it. Um, but I do think it's interesting. And to Owen's defence, Mike has very much sold himself on this as a former England rugby star, hasn't he? He's not gone in. You know, like when they say, oh, what are you famous for? He's very much gone on the rugby line rather than I'm part of the royal family. Yeah, that's right. In the In the VT on the first show, they all sort of say, you know, I'm famous for being a Coronation Street star or I'm famous for being a radio DJ. And, and Mike certainly didn't mention Zara, I don't think, by name at all. It was very, very much 
probably most famous for winning the World Cup with England at rugby type thing. That's very much sort of his standpoint. And also, even when we, when we spoke to him, it's only really when we asked the questions about Zara that, that he brings her up. He's very much happy to talk about sort of rugby and sort of on his own terms, I suppose, and not, not, not name drop unless he's, at, he's asked, I suppose. I do think it's interesting because while obviously the Royal links has probably added a few zeros to his paycheck for this, you know, there is a chance he'd be in there anyway. You know, he's a huge name in rugby, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you look, it's not quite the same, but obviously Jill Scott's in there as a, as a footballer who's just won the Euro. So she's in demand and she's quite recent and current. But like you say, he, he still is a Rugby World Cup winner. And, and I think... You know, you, another another person from that team could probably just about be, be in the lineup as well. Obviously, as you say, given the Royal connection, it does raise it a few notches. And we're all sort of hoping we're going to get some fun anecdotes. We've, obviously, we've got the we got the tale about the date with Zara. But I guess we're hoping maybe, you know, Wills and Harry and those sorts of people are going to me- get mentioned in some of the other conversations. Now, the other kind of interesting thing from the last few days was actually in last night's episode. So that is Wednesday night's show. And we we got to see a royal swear, didn't we? Which didn't doesn't normally happen. And um, this was when the reactions when Matt Hancock, so he is a Tory MP who was our health secretary during the COVID pandemic, and many of his question, many of his decisions have been, to put it kind of lightly, have been uh picked apart and criticised, should we say, in the months since. And he's a very interesting addition to the jungle. And the fact he's gone, going in there when he's still being paid an MP's salary has you know, raised a lot of eyebrows in the last couple of weeks. All the celebs' reactions when he walked in were incredible. Uh, the guy he went in with, a comedian called uh, Sean Walsh, just laughed hysterically for about five minutes, which was brilliant. But Mike Tyndall's reaction was very sweary and considering we're not used to seeing royals swear we're not used to seeing them talk about politics it was quite good now I've spoken to Dan who said we're not allowed to say the word that he said so we're just going to go with BS instead aren't we so what what did he say yeah that's very diplomatically put yeah thank you (laughs) even before he spoke there was a great image of him sort of almost like a cross teacher or a bemused teacher, I suppose. He had his arms crossed and I've seen some photos around and he just looked like, you know, if if the word, if the picture could talk, he was sort of saying, what the hell is he doing in here? You know, he, he was clearly, um, clearly quite sort of wound, a little bit wound up almost. And then, then he was in a conversation, I think it was with Sue Cleaver. And what he was saying really was when, when um, Matt Hancock was asked why he was going in there and he, he came up with an answer it was a sort of classic politician's answer and it didn't really answer the question. He was talking about trying to be more human. And then what happened was Mike said, yeah, all I heard was BS, BS, BS. And on the last time he said it, Sue sort of joined in and said the swear word as well. So they were kind of in agreement. I think Sue's uh, a Labour supporter. So from the other sort of political side to Matt Hancock. So he had sort of, he had backing of the others. He was very much in a, in a sort of, they were very much in agreement as, to being sort of bemused by this new person coming in. But it was, yeah, it was very, I was quite surprised. And I did wonder, 
how that would go down sort of back home, what, you know, maybe what Zara would think, what what, that, what others would think back home, because it was quite unusual. He, he, I must say, he did, um, he did swear, I think, once or twice when we spoke to him a couple of days before he went into, into camp in, in a more sort of fun way as well. But it does say, it just to me, it sounds very funny or very odd, um, someone, someone who's in the royal family uh, swearing. It just, just doesn't sort of seem to fit or compute quite right in my head. And well, speaking of things that looked a bit weird and just didn't quite work in my brain, he's been showing off his rapping skills as well, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, this was this seems to have been a real sort of marmite uh, scene, really, for people. I think it maybe might might skew on what age you are and that sort of thing as well, because it was um, it was sort of nineties rap he was doing or, or eighties in one case. I think even it was Vanilla Ice. Uh, Ice Ice Baby, and then he also did uh, Boom Shake the Room, which is Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. Um, again, Owen, who we mentioned earlier on, I don't think he, he's ever heard these songs, or he certainly wasn't, they weren't sort of favourites of his, whereas by contrast, you had the newsreader Charlene White in there, and she was sort of sat next to Mike when he was rapping, and, and sort of geeing him up and encouraged him to do a second rap, um, and she absolutely loved it, and some of the others were joining in and dancing around, and um, and whereas I think some people at home thought it was a bit cringe, I saw it was it was quite a, one that sort of divided people really. But it was quite nice to see him, I suppose, be be lighthearted and, and do that sort of thing again. Another thing I wouldn't really have expected to see a Mike Tinder doing there if you said he was going to sort of smash up some logs from the fire or I don't <laughs> know some sports game. I'd have been like, yeah, that makes sense. But rapping was not something I had on the list. No, especially that early on, because, you know, they always say, oh, you forget the cameras are there. That's the kind of thing that you normally see kind of two weeks in. Normally the first few days, they're a bit more thinking about what they say and what they did. But for me, I really cringed at the start. But once he got going, he was I didn't think he was that bad. And when everyone else got involved and I was very impressed by the amount of words he knew. What was also funny was he sort of started he, he, at first. It was one of those one of those people where he said, "Oh no, I can't possibly do this," and he he got encouraged to do it a little bit. And then before you know it, he's doing a second song. You know, <laughs> so it's quite funny. I think again, he looks like one of those people who's maybe a little bit shy, and he takes a little bit of time to get going with, with a bit of encouragement, or maybe when he's feeling relaxed in his surroundings, um, he's going to open up. Certainly, again, when we spoke to him, he, he was very quiet initially, and one and two word answers and then perhaps you know within 10 minutes and he sort of warmed up to us he, he was speaking much more fluently and seemed to enjoy having a conversation and I, that's, I guess we're seeing a sort of longer version of that in camp um, after a few days he does seem to be relaxing into it and who knows what we're going to see next fantastic well thank you so much for the giving us a little weekly update I hope you have a very good week and we'll catch up with you next week great stuff I'll see you next week Now, we obviously know that the Royals probably might not be watching the crown, but I reckon it's probably quite a good bet to say that at least the Waleses are probably watching I'm a Celebrity. I can imagine George and Charlotte kind of jumping around at Uncle Mike doing silly things on the telly. But, the you know, Prince William, Kate, very busy week this week. Prince William did a really interesting chat with some of the England stars. He sat down with Harry Kane and Declan Rice to talk about mental health. I thought this was really good as well. And obviously ahead of the World Cup, which is coming up uh, in a few weeks time. What did you think of this chat? Well, I liked it. I mean, the, the World Cup has been sort of wrought with controversy, hasn't it? Because it's in Qatar, the, the issue of the migrant workers 
look at the figures it's extraordinary thousands and thousands of them have died whilst building these stadiums Qatar very very rich oil nation you one wouldn't have assumed they are uh you know have a rich football history but there you go um allegations of uh of, of bribery money laundering and the rest of it but we are where we are and uh a uh, bit of bit of controversy again about whether William was going to go to Qatar. We were told that he wasn't going to go. Then we were told that if England get to the final, he will go as part of uh, a delegation. I think that's a pretty pretty long big long shot. I can't imagine we will get to the final, but perhaps we should have hope. And I thought what was good about this podcast it was talking about the, the sort of the difficulty of owning up to, to mental health, to speak about it, breaking down barriers. I mean, this is obviously stuff we've heard him speak uh, of many, many times before. But like you said, England captain, Harry Kane, uh, Declan Rice is, is a West Ham captain. That's my team. Where are you? For, where are you you're, where, do you what team Watford. would you support? You're Watford, Watford. Girl, aren't you? Yeah. The Hornets. Oh, yeah. The Hornets. The Hornets. Um, so, yeah, so Declan Rice, um, I thought we both spoke very eloquently in talking about how they... Um, how football, this William was saying about how football, playing football on the pitch, you, you know, bond, bonded relationships, got he got him used to dealing with disappointment. I mean, being an England fan as well, you definitely deal with disappointment and being an Aston Villa fan because they haven't had a, uh, a stellar few years. But uh, but this was part of uh, a podcast called Game of Fives. It's to do with the Copper 90, which I hadn't heard of before, but they've done a tie-in with the with the Royal Foundation. Um, and and again, it's it's when you when you're I like these personal stories of William because you know, whether he's speaking about his mum or his growing up, and you get there's little insights into him as uh, just a normal bloke, really, about playing football with his mates. He talked about putting an England shirt on, going down the pub, watching the World Cup, being really interested in it when Wayne Rooney came on the scene and Rio Ferdinand, two major, major uh, legends of the game, really. And uh, and and talking about how, how he felt sort of those special moments with the nation when we were doing badly and you, got, you had to get used to disappointment and stuff. So it's, it's kicked off again. What did we say last week? We said Prince and Princess of Wales would be sticking to the old faithfuls. I mean, we've had uh, William doing some mental health chats. We had Kate at a hospital or a centre this week, um, you know, hugging some babies, talking to kids, as she is so good at. They haven't really diverted from the, the, the safe lane yet, have they? So... Will we see? I mean, we've got a shot coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, will we see? Will we see something in the new year? I mean, it's all it's all pretty quiet, and I think the reason for that is because, like I said earlier, everybody's trying to find their feet. So it was kind of like, well, let's just get to the end of the year. Of course, there's a, a shot coming up. We know that the king and queen consort are not doing any royal tours. They've cancelled the India, Bangladesh, Pakistan one. They cancelled uh, a trip to France, which was which was supposed to be happening. So next year is probably going to shape up to be a very busy year because they've got to hit the ground running, as it were. You mentioned Kate's trip uh, to the centre, which was really lovely. So that visit was to talk about the mental health support that new mums are getting. And there was a really cute moment from this, which I absolutely loved, is there was a gorgeous little boy there who saw her poppy she was having a chat with and he asked her what her name was and she said she was called Catherine and then he kind of saw his poppy her poppy and kind of pointed at it and he she ended up saying do you want my poppy and he went yes I do and she took it out didn't she took it out handed it over to him and said you know we wear these to remember the people 
who died in the war. Um, and that was just really, you know, those moments that I love to see from her of just, you see her go into real kind of mum mode where she's so brilliant with the kids. And then she went over and kind of, you could see her, she had the pin in her hand and clearly went, yeah, let's probably not give this to a child and handed it over to, you know, she kind of said, where's mummy? And handed it over to the mum, which was really lovely. Um, it was very, she- very sweet. And that little boy, I mean, his three-year-old kid called Akeem. I mean, he's just adorable. And okay. um, I mean, it, it kind of made the engagement was uh, at the Colum Manor Children's Centre in Hillingdon in North London and talking to, to, to mums mums and parents who just recently had children talk about mental health in sort of the perinatal sphere and um, talking about postnatal depression, addiction, uh, you know, things that, 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 you know, new parents have to deal with. And um, that, that, that moment really made the job really because I think it just showed you that sort of tender side of you know Kate well, we obviously know that she's very very good at mum three herself but um the kid just stole the show definitely and it's these it is these little moments and this is where I think that Kate is so good because I think she's very aware that you need these little things to make a make a visit a bit different you need what we call it in kind of in you know in journalism is what your top line is and just kind of Kate goes to an event like this is fine and we'll do it but as soon as that happens that's how you kind of edge those you know further forward in the paper don't you it's those it's those cute little moments that really win over the media and get those you know make get those headlines which raises the awareness for the charity and it is that skill to it which I think is lovely um, and she's busy week. She went to the, we mentioned it briefly last week, but she went to the Rugby League World Cup quarterfinal in Wigan. I was hoping to see one of the kids there. I was a bit disappointed not to see George. I know you were. I know you were. Maybe it was <laughs> a bit too long. I mean, it was up in Wigan in the northwest. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, George is more of a football fan, isn't it? Have we heard him playing rugby? I don't think we've... I think we've heard Charlotte was playing touch rugby, wasn't she? We heard a bit of Charlotte, but we haven't heard about um, George's rugby prowess. Um, well, but of course... Louis, Louis's the rugby star, because Kate said before that she's always a bit terrified because, as you can imagine, by his behaviour, he just tears in. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a really lovely... The weather was also awful, too. And I suppose her first... You know, her first role at kind of a rugby league event so maybe she wanted to kind of make sure she was properly do rather than you know being on watching mum watch yeah exactly which is really nice and my but my favorite bit of news I think from this week was that Kate's Christmas carol concert is going to be back again well and how do you top the piano playing from last year I mean that was pretty spectacular (laughs) I don't know about that but maybe she will play again I mean that was pretty spectacular when um Who's that man who sang this song? For those, I can't remember his name, but it was... Oh, I can't uh, remember his name. This, that's uh, terrible. Anyway, uh, this, that that sort of stole the show about her playing. It went completely viral. And we are going to be back at um, at the Christmas Carol concert with, with for Westminster Abbey. So... Um, yeah, something to look forward to. I mean, of course, we've got uh, we've got more royal um, duties over the weekend because we've got Remembrance Sunday. Obviously, there's a lot of um, um, engagements over the the course of the next Hang few on, days. We've had that's at the end of my list. Stop ruining my plan. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm ruining it all. <laughs> Come on, don't my well-documented plan. <laughs> oh, I did, I've just not. I've just seen the second page of the list. That's why I was moving on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Now let's kind of quickly before we move on to that. Uh, so King Charles 
uh, in Yorkshire. Let's talk about the nice bits of that two-day visit and not focus on the egg incident. He went to Morrison's, which I think was really fun. And that came on a really a tough day for supermarkets because it came on the day that a report came out saying that all our food bills are going to be soaring by terrifying amounts amid the cost of living crisis. But Royals in supermarkets is one of the weird things that I find hilarious. I don't know why, but just seeing him at the meat counter... <laughs> <laughs> I love the pictures from things like this. Um, I remember when um, the Queen went to see, went went to visit a Sainsbury's. Morrison's, by the way, is a supermarket for those of our, our international cousins. And when uh, the Queen went to a supermarket and they showed her one of the self-scanner um, checkouts and her face is absolute picture. If you've ever seen those pictures, or oh, there's video of it, it's absolutely tremendous. That's so good. But what we did find out about... Um, King Charles is that he knows how to cook the perfect roast potato, which is uh, which was quite interesting because you couldn't. Well, would probably imagine he's not uh, he's not doing too much cooking himself. But he was talking about having a having the crispy, roasted, fluffy on the inside being the backbone of any dinner, making sure that you cook it in the fat uh, that you cook the meat in, which I thought was quite uh, quite interesting. Yeah. I- I, you know, my team at the Daily Mirror do lots of hacks and things. And yesterday was just one of those weird crossovers of the two parts of my jobs that I never quite expected to come together, a cooking hack and King Charles. But yeah, there we go. Is that how you cook, do you cook your roasties? I am a terrible, I am a terrible cook. So I try and stay out of the, uh, of the kitchen. I'm a good chopper. I'm a sous chef. You are sous chef. Yep. No, I normally do kind of, yeah, you know a, a goose fat or duck fat is kind of my limit of it but I will definitely be trying that it's definitely a good one in terms of Christmas um Megan's podcast dropped this week uh just one kind of thing that I wanted to mention from that that I found interesting so it was on another word that I'm not going to be this is turning into a very potentially rude sweary podcast well, you can say the b we've said two the b, b words. words yeah b the, words. the shorter b word that sometimes you know that is rhymes with itch or a female dog. Let's go with that. Well, very um, good, very good. So she basically used was t- talking about how women are also described as difficult and how that is another word to basically call someone a B word. Um, but this, to me, just reminded me of the nickname she was a prom- apparently given by staff at the time of all those, pay- you know, all the stories about her being labelled Duchess difficult. Do mm. you think... Do you think that was kind of a bit of a dig at that or a bit too much of a jump? No, I did. I think that everything that Megan says is, you know, a dig at the Royal Family podcast to, to keep punting out. But I'm a bit exhausted by it, I must admit. I mean, I'm a bit exhausted. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the concept of archetypes and the podcast, I was really behind, like, talking to really strong women and uh, talking to them about... Yeah, the, the issues that they face and you talk to the these sort of women who've battled against the odds and had to strive for greatness um in a society that has certain obstacles thrown at them and and yes megan has had that she has described quite eloquently in the past about how she's had to sort of fight at every stage of her career whether it was her acting career or coming into the royal family but again it's just a bit you know sniping isn't it i mean how, how many more episodes have we got? Two Four? more. Two. Two more. Two more. Well, will we get a second series? I'm not sure. Oh, I reckon but, we will. 
Well, you like it, don't you? You're, you're a fan. I do. I do. I am a fan. I think, I think for me, the subject is extremely interesting. And while I don't particularly like some of the ways she, the points she makes, and in my opinion, she tends to bring it back to herself a bit more than I would like, because I want to hear from the guests. However, for me, the wider subject is more interesting that it's worth kind of putting up with those bits, if that makes sense. But... Mm. And it's it's good. I I really like podcasts anyway, and I really like that kind of podcast of different interview ones. So I hope there's a second series. I think it will be good, and I think she's touched on some interesting bits and bobs. So yeah, two more of those to go. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of I think that's all we've had really from Megan and Harry this week, isn't it? We've not you know not too much from that side of it. But obviously, one thing we're not going to see which was a huge talking point last year, it was obviously Harry used to have a huge role in all the Remembrance Day things. Uh, you know, there's the always the huge event on Remembrance Sunday. And it was last year, wasn't it, that there was the big row about whether a reef could be laid on his behalf, even though he wasn't there. Um, but it didn't happen in the end, so we're assuming it won't happen again this year. But what have we got, as you've tried to spoil my big Remembrance Sunday? I'm so sorry, earlier. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what have we got up for Remembrance Sunday? Because they're really kind of going all out this year aren't they we've got four days worth of stuff and obviously this will be the first that while Charles has taken the lead in previous years and the Queen couldn't attend last year this is the first one that he's doing it as monarch rather than just you know standing in for the monarch yes yes I mean today we've had the Queen Consort sort of marking the start of the royal family's remembrance uh, service events over the next few days as you said paying tribute to nation's war dead at Westminster Abbey. She, um, which I thought was a lovely touch. She spent a, a, f- a few quiet moments at, um, at a memorial in honour of the late Queen uh, and which raised the profile, I suppose, of, of the Queen's steadfast support for the services throughout her whole reign. And this was the part of the Abbey's field of remembrance and there's 70,000 crosses um there i think i saw there was over 300 there's over 300 plots according to the regiment i remember this regiment unit or association by the volunteer organizations and there was over a thousand veterans who were gathered there today for a ceremony there was a two-minute silence on big ben chiming at 11 o'clock and uh and, and again this is a very very solemn um an important moment for the country over the weekend because it was it was certainly one of those Dates which was ever cemented in the Queen's calendar. Absolutely no way of ever missing it. Um, and yes, you say, I mean, it's again, new era, aren't we? Charles will be taking the lead as the monarch, as the king. Um, what does that mean? We're going to have to, two brand new wreaths with their two new ciphers on it. We saw Camilla's during the week as well that she'd chosen from a, from a series of, um, of designs that have been produced. Um, as ciphers go, I think it's pretty nice i mean I, yeah like it big fan so um and of course we were going to see uh william as the prince of wales laying a wreath that his father has laid before so that's continuity element as well so um again i think we're going to see more um more of the royals in this sort of safe space i suppose at the moment because uh it's it's petering into the Christmas period that will be an important period for the Royals again we still don't know where they're going to to stay we just know that Harry and Meghan won't be staying with them but one would imagine they will be gathering uh, together at Sandringham for the first Christmas 
since the queen has uh since the queen has left i'm sorry that's my emails going popping off so sorry dan as ever no, I think it is, Remembrance Sunday is always such a huge event. And this is where you see, you see them all lay the wreaths, the women stand, or in the kind of black outfits, they stand on the balconies of the nearby buildings. So it'd be interesting to see the layout and where they all stand this year. I'm assuming it'll be Camilla in the middle uh, with Kate and Sophie Wessex either side. Um, because last year they re-digged it a bit didn't they and they didn't have Camilla in the middle I think there were concerns that it would look like Camilla was kind of stepping in the Queen's place so they kind of moved and put Kate there but I think it will be it will be really interesting to see and it is probably I would say the first really big calendar event that King Charles will do and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with it but as I said something that he's been stepping up to do for a while um, yeah, so it'll be a really, a really interesting day. And as you said, we'll see all the royals out in their poppies this week. Kate normally wears some sort of sparkly poppy, doesn't she? That's made by a different department or a different area, or raising money for a, you know, a special part of the, you know, kind of poppy appeal, which is always yes. nice to do as well. And yeah, I hadn't really thought about Christmas yet, but that is going to be a huge, a huge occasion. It's, it's always come round pretty quickly, yeah. isn't it? And Christmas is always very strange when you, you know, lose a member of the yeah. family, the kind of first one without. So it will be interesting to see how the royals do. And I wonder, do you think Charles will carry on the same plan of, you know, obviously they went to Sandringham for Christmas, you know, where they, do you think they'll stay in the same place? Or do you think he could say, actually, I quite liked Christmas at Windsor last year? Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's not, it's not set in stone that, uh, but he does like going to Sandringham. And I think it's quite telling that he was there a, a couple of weekends ago. So the fact that he was probably, the Queen liked to do that, but in, in sort of November, go to the house, make sure everything was being prepared for Christmas. Um, and of course, he's, uh, he's running the, the, the farms there as well. So that all the land. So I do think we will see um, a Sandringham Christmas, yes. And do we have anything else to look forward to next week that you can tell us about? Or is it all top secret? Top secret, I'm afraid. I can't, uh, can't tell you anything at the moment. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait. Lovely. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me, Russell, this week. And thank you to everyone for listening in. As always, we're on social and Instagram at Podsave. And until next time. Yeah,